You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode 21. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Effortless Life Podcast, where we show busy entrepreneurs like you how to create the bigger impact you deserve without burning out. Because when we say effortless, we literally mean that, equipping you with the mindset and the tools you need to create the freedom and impact you want in a way that doesn't depend solely on your hard work and effort. I'm your host, Courtney Elmer. Thanks so much for tuning in to this special edition of the Effortless Life podcast, where I like to teach through the examples of extraordinary entrepreneurs just like you who are experiencing extraordinary results in their life and business. I believe that story is such a powerful tool where we can connect over shared challenges and triumphs. And you can really learn so much when you listen to someone else's personal story, right? There's so many ways in which we can relate to the struggle someone is going through and hear how they overcame them. Sort of like a map whereby listening to the story, you learn what roads to take and what detours to avoid. And we love to bring outstanding entrepreneurs like these on the show. And we truly have so many inspiring members in our community. And as you'll hear in today's interview, we love celebrating their successes. Now, today I'm speaking with one extraordinary entrepreneur who discovered her own capacity for resilience after losing her husband to cancer, which led her to her calling. And speaking of celebrating, let me give a quick shout out to our featured listener of the week, Chanel at Chanel Shagnard, RDM. Chanel says, Courtney is a wealth of knowledge with an unbelievable passion to help entrepreneurs stress less and live in balance and harmony. She simplifies info so beautifully and gives steps to take in a way that's easy to apply to everyday life. She truly practices what she preaches. Chanel, thank you so much for these kind words. And if you would, do us a favor, DM us over on Instagram, let us know your best shipping address, and we've got a little something to drop in the mail to you as our way of saying thank you for being one of our loyal listeners. And remember, And remember, for those of you listening today, when you leave us a five-star review, we might just feature you as our listener of the week and give you a shout out too, right here on the show. Now, today's guest and I have a little bit of a history. We initially met in a Facebook group of all places of about 2,500 entrepreneurs at the time. And I saw she was from New Orleans, which is where I live. So I messaged her to connect and we started chatting back and forth. And then All of a sudden, I got this really funny feeling that somehow I knew her, even though I knew that we had never met in person. Come to find out during that conversation, we realized we lived on the same street. I live at one end of the block. She lives at the other. And I recognized her because I'd seen her out watering her garden and playing with her son whenever my husband, Alan, and I would go for walks in the evening. And it took joining a Facebook group of thousands of people from all over the world for us to meet, which is really crazy how people's paths cross sometimes, right? Maybe you've had this experience where you met someone and instantly you knew that you were meant to meet them and that even though you weren't sure why, you sensed that there was some greater purpose behind it. And that is exactly how I felt when I met the woman who you are about to hear on the show today. And this is an amazing episode about her journey of going from paralyzed by fear to stepping into her purpose and creating the life and business of her dreams. Her name is Crystalline Oakwin. She's the founder and chief designer of Crystalline Oakwin Jewelry, whose mission is to inspire women to overcome hardships and live a purposeful life. Crystalline creates pieces with a deep sense of meaning and even donates a portion of the proceeds to support nonprofits that are helping families who are experiencing the burden of cancer, which is a cause near and dear to Crystalline's heart and mine too. And you're going to hear from her today 
in this exclusive interview. This you gotta hear. So stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Crystal, and I'm so excited to be recording this with you today. I can't wait for our conversation. And I think the best place to start would just be to let our listeners know who you are, what you do, who you help, and tell us how you help them. Awesome. Well, I am Crystal in Oakland. I'm a jewelry designer from New Orleans. Um, I actually live right down the street from Courtney, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I help women who want to celebrate things in their life, accomplishments, or just milestones with stylish, simple, casual, minimalistic, fine jewelry. And I love that. And what I love so much about your pieces too, is that there's so much meaning behind them. We were just talking right before we hit record and started this episode that, you know, the meaning behind these pieces that you create and the stories behind them. And then the stories you hear of other people, like it's just so much fun to follow you and to be witness to your journey because it's just really powerful and you have a powerful story yourself. So tell us what inspired you to start your business. Take us on that journey. Yeah. Thank you for those kind words for sure. I know my jewelry is super simple, so but it has a lot of meaning. So that's like the kind of interesting thing about it. When women wear it, it's not going to scream the meaning, but it's also going to be meaningful to them. And they can talk about it. If someone's like, oh, that's really pretty. They could be like, well, that's my strength pendant and I'll wear it because of this, you know? So yeah, my jewelry line kind of developed and came to life out of, I had been in the jewelry industry for over 10 years and I loved what I did, was excited about being in the industry and then got pregnant with my son. And I was working with my husband at the time too. He was also in the jewelry industry. He was a diamond buyer. He fell ill with cancer. And so we both basically had to kind of stop working, put everything on hold to take care of him and the new baby. And in 2016, sadly, I lost my husband to cancer. His name was Ryan. And um, so after um, just experiencing just such a traumatic uh, event and life turn, I was trying to put my life back together and figure out what do I do now? You know, um, I love the industry I was in, but I found myself as a single mom, widow, being like, what next? How do I navigate life now? You know, I had never been a mom before. I'd never been a single mom before. And I had lost my best friend, you know, um, who I worked with every day and and just loved so much. And so as I um, kind of went through and continue to go through the grief process, it started to like, makes sense to just get involved in some charities locally to help out with some cancer related initiatives that was kind of making me feel better. I had some friends that have some organizations and they were kind of asking me to help out, but really they were helping me out, kind of getting me out of the house and and getting me involved. And then um, I decided, you know what, now's the time life's short. Like I want to start this business. I want to, um, I had been kind of running around being a mom, volunteering, doing all the things. And I wasn't wearing my jewelry I had wore before. I worked in a high-end jewelry store. I was wearing diamonds every day. And now I was not. I was wearing yoga pants and tennis shoes and running around. And that stuff was just in the safe. And I just felt like I didn't have the pieces that I wanted to wear, you know, so I'd started to create them. 
and developed this line of just casual fine jewelry for women who run around and do all the things, wear all the hats, and we can wear the simple 14 karat gold jewelry, sterling silver jewelry, and not feel worried about knocking a diamond out or looking too fancy when we're at the ballpark, you know? And so I did that and decided to kind of meld the two worlds of, I wanted to help people. I wanted to help people who are experiencing the burden of cancer, like whatever I could do in that way. So I decided to give a portion of my sales, allocate those to some cancer-related initiatives. And the concept behind that in the beginning and still is, is the better my business does, the more I can give, you know? Um, I can only give so much time and I can only give so much resources as a single mom now or as money goes. But if I had this business that was thriving, I could allocate a portion of that to these organizations or other organizations. It was like a win-win, just made sense, you know? And so I started Crystal and Oakland Jewelry, launched a website, had no clue how to do any of that, but just surrounded myself with a bunch of amazing people who have helped me along the way. A lot of them I've hired. A lot of people have volunteered to help me to get to where I am right now. And um, it's just been an incredible process. It really has. That's amazing. And just even in hearing you share this, you know, my first thought was like, not only do you create meaning behind your jewelry, but there's so much meaning in just this entire business that you've created and the whole reason why you created it and of what you want to do, the bigger vision behind it. It's not just about creating stylish pieces, which is amazing. And I mean, when you wear jewelry, it does make you feel put together, especially as a mom, you feel like you're just (laughs) no makeup most days, like you're lucky to get a shower, you know, something about putting on those nice earrings or putting on a necklace or putting your rings on and you feel put together for the day. And I think there's a lot just in there, but then also just keeping in mind the bigger vision that you have for this and how you're giving back and helping people and of the reason why you're doing that with your husband and your journey and how much meaning is there. And I think that that is just, it's so inspirational. And I remember when I met you and I was telling our listeners a little bit about how we met in the intro and I introduced you. And it was just amazing to me because we were literally in this Facebook group, like (laughs) chatting back and forth. Oh my gosh, you're from New Orleans. Yeah. Like we should meet up for coffee. And then all of a sudden I got this crazy feeling that somehow I knew you and it was because (laughs) you lived down my street. Like what are the odds, you know, in this group of thousands of people from all over the world? I know. So crazy. So I think there's meaning in everything. And I think that, you know, people's paths cross because they're meant to. Definitely. And I remember when we first met, you know, you were talking about, you know, possibly working together. You were intrigued by what I did. And just like I was intrigued by what you did. And we're like, let's just hop on Zoom and chat about this. And I remember you just expressing to me how stuck you felt in that time. And tell us a little bit about that. Like, what were some of the reasons why you were feeling stuck? You know, you were doing all the things, you were putting forth this incredible initiative, working as hard as you could, and still felt like, you couldn't get to where you wanted to really be. Absolutely. Yeah. I had obviously, from what I'm telling you guys, you know, was in just such a place of figuring out who I was first off, what the hell I'm doing second. Okay. Because like what just happened and my life is upside down. And now what am I actually doing with my life? And, um, trying to have the confidence to say, this is the right path to go with, with the guidance that I had and then actually figuring out how to do it. I was trying to do all of that, but at the same time, I felt completely paralyzed and it was because I was trying to do all of this and I had done so much. I, after my husband passed, I, I renovated the house, you know, I'm trying to start this business. Like I was 
looking like things were getting done. And for a lot of ways they were. And I was just feeling stuck because I literally had boxes around my house. I had moved all of our stuff out of the house, packed it into a pod, fully renovated our, our little cottage and moved everything back in. And that included all of Ryan's stuff, all of my late husband's stuff, because I wasn't ready to get rid of it. I wasn't ready to go there. So I had packed and put I put away all of my son's stuff, all of my stuff. And I lived in a house full of boxes that said Ryan, Ryan, Ryan all over them, you know, and I just felt stuck. I felt like, how can I move on or move not on because you just don't move on? How can I move forward in this cluttered environment? I felt just like it was just taking me over and I wasn't having the clarity I need. I felt cluttered. You know, and so you had at it was like a mind blowing moment. I mean, I was literally like sitting where you are right now um, in that chair having a call with you. And you said, okay, so what is it about these boxes? What if they were gone? Like, what if they were gone? What would that mean for you? And I had never asked myself that question. So I had to answer it because you were like my new friend asking me this really serious question. And like tears just came to my eyes. And I was like, wow it would mean he's really gone. You know, he's really gone if those boxes are gone. And it never hit me. And I was just, it was like an aha moment that those boxes are still here because in my subconscious, I'm thinking he's going to come back and he's going to be like, wow, I love what you did with the place. Like, let's move my stuff back into the closet, you know, like in a weird subconscious way, you know? But then we talked about it and we, we just were like, well, he's not coming back. You know, and like, we just had to have that moment. Like, you know, he's not and the boxes don't make it any different. It just makes me feel stuck, you know? And so I needed it. I needed to hear that. Nobody had explained it to me. In fact, not a lot of people knew I had the boxes in my house. I didn't let people in. I didn't let, I mean, the maybe few closest people to me were, were able to come in, but I just didn't even let people in. I was almost embarrassed by it or I didn't want to talk about it, you know? So yeah, you really opened my eyes up to it. And then really working with you further on my business and on my life, it allowed me to go through things. It didn't make me go, let me get rid of everything because you can't do that too. Like that's so hard. But it allowed me to say, okay, this is where I am right now. And I'm okay. And this is okay. And the boxes are here. And now we're going to have a plan of when and how we go through each one and deal with the things, you know, and I did it and it took time. It took more time than I thought it would take. But you reminded me it was okay. It was okay to be right where I'm at, to understand the subconscious thought of it doesn't change if he's coming back or not. You know, the reality of he's not. And the reality of give yourself some grace and take the time you need to just do one thing at a time to get to where you're going. And that's exactly what I did. There's literally no boxes around that have his name on it. I've kept things for sure, but they're in their places. They're where they need to be for when my son and I want to explore through them. We've donated so much stuff. We've given it to friends and family that they've wanted some things. But now it's our home and it's not just cluttered and stuck, you know? Yeah. And you really were able to get that clarity too. And it's so interesting because one of the things I hear that, you know, a lot of high achievers complain about is a lack of focus. And we all have a lot on our mind. We're yes. all busy. 
it's so easy to feel overwhelmed. And really what I like to say is, you know, it's not a lack of focus that you have. It's a lack of clarity. Yes. Clarity always comes first. And I think that's so important for those listening, just to remember that anytime you hit a challenge or an obstacle in your life, big or small, because sometimes the small things feel big yes, and sometimes the big things feel huge. And that's not really the point. The point is that if it feels big to you and it's something that's a challenge, it's a struggle to, to think about it in terms of working from where you are versus working from where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's an important distinction because in our mind, anxiety always comes whenever we're thinking about the future. It's actually yes. an emotion of the future. You can't feel anxiety in the present moment. But you can only feel anxiety when you're thinking about the future. And when we're in a place of pain, of challenge, of struggle, our innate human nature is to want to get out of that as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. It feels unsafe. It doesn't feel comfortable and want to get back to this feeling of comfort and security and safety. It's kind of just our primal instinct. And so the mindset piece that comes into all of that and what I'm hearing you say and in what, you know, just even witnessing your process through that, it wasn't about getting rid of it as fast as possible once you recognize that that was what was holding you back, but it was about shifting the mindset around it and being okay with doing it in your own time yes. and moving through that for it taking as long as it takes. But to shift the focus from where you wanted to be, like to have this, you know, beautiful home that just felt clear and uncluttered and all of this and start from where you are, mm-hmm. which was, you know, that this thought that, you know, if I let go of these boxes, it means he's really gone forever, which yes, that's the reality, but also there's the emotional piece that you had to work through with that, mm-hmm. you know, and giving yourself that time and space to do that. And so just to remind those listening, you know, if you're going through a tough time right now, like Think of it in those terms. Stop thinking about, you know, how am I going to get to where I want to be? And instead, look at where you are and just what's that first step that you need to take to start moving through that. And that's going to bring about that clarity, which will help redirect that focus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was so unfocused because I was so cluttered, like my mind felt cluttered. My space was cluttered. And I was working from home and I didn't have the space, the actual workspace. So I was working from kitchen table. I was working from my sunroom table, the couch, you know, and things were just everywhere. And I wasn't, I hadn't launched my business as of that point, but I was trying to get to launch, you know? And so that was one thing that another, like after working with you, like that was our initial time. And I was really working through that part. And then when I got to go to the retreat, which was absolutely incredible. I was really working through the space of like, okay, I got through Ryan's stuff, but I'm still feeling cluttered and overwhelmed and stuck. And not, I don't know if I was stuck at that point because I was like definitely moving on, moving focused, like with my business, doing things. But I felt like I was going in circles a lot. Like I wasn't, I didn't have processes in place. I didn't have a big plan. I didn't have um, systems and I didn't even have a space. I didn't have a desk. I was literally working from the kitchen and like piles of paper all over the kitchen table. And so when I went to the retreat, I'm like, that was the one thing. I'm like, I'm going to have a desk. I'm going to organize my office space. I'm going to have an office. I'm going to have a desk and I'm going to get it together. And it, it seemed very daunting. And, I, and we were supposed to do it in like a month and I did not get it done in a month, but I got had progress in a month. Like I was working. I knew where I wanted to be and where I was at the moment. And every day it was like, okay, I'm going to do this little thing, this little thing, this little thing. And now I have an office with two desks and it's 
pretty organized, but it also has like a flow to it whenever I, you know, do different tasks, like they all have a flow. And it's just something that I needed. But I, it's like, I didn't do the mindset work to get there until I was able to get with you and really connect. And, and I think sometimes you want everything to be perfect. And it's like, you don't even know which way to go. And I think that clarity came with our initial working together and then going to the retreat and being like, okay, this is what I'm going to work on. And these are the little baby steps to get me there and to give myself just grace. Like it's not going to happen. Like I can give myself a time limited goal, but to understand like I'm still a mom, single mom working, trying to do all the things. And so give myself a little grace because it'll get done. And it did. And it has. And it, I'm still a work in progress <laughs> by so many ways. We're like onions. <clears throat> We're just layers, you know, and you peel back the first layer. And a lot of times you can't get to the deeper stuff until you work on that outer stuff. However, the important distinction to recognize too is that, you know, the mistake that most people make is that they try to fix everything in their external world. And I see this a lot, like mm. on initial discovery calls with clients, clarity calls, things like that. When people first come and they're curious about what I offer and how I can help people and we'll, we'll start talking. And then sometimes they'll come back and say, well, I'm not going to do your program right now because I want to get my meal planning in place and get my health in order and start working out more. And all these little things in their external world, which is good. Don't get me wrong. Those yes. are good. We want to live in integrated life. There's little things we can do in many areas of our life, you know, to get to the level, the next level of growth that we want to be. However, all that external work really just causes us to spin our wheels. It's busy work. The internal work is the only actual work that really matters. And so what I'm hearing you say is that- You're so right. Oh my gosh. You're absolutely right. Like I needed that first. Mm -hmm. It was like the core of everything as I needed that work first. And it's not like I needed that work and then, oh, everything was perfect on the inside and I could just go fix the world. I had to continue to go back to those principles. And I literally have this notebook right here from retreat. I told you I'm bringing my notebook to this because I go back to these principles when I need them and I need them all the time and trying to figure out my health, trying to figure out the business, trying to figure out the grief part, the parenting part. Like, I keep going back to that because that's like the core for me and everything else stems out of it, you know? And when I'm feeling out of control in something, I kind of need to reset and go back to these principles that you're teaching me and get clarification and being like, wait, no, this is where I need to come from, you know? Yeah. It's really true. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was hearing you say. It was like, until that piece clicked and that inner work was where you redirected your focus to work on and fix that part first. Mm -hmm. Fix isn't even the right word, but work on that part first. Then everything in our external world starts to align. And that's when things really become effortless, where we're not hustling and grinding it out and putting forth all our energy and effort into creating these little bit of results. It's about working on ourselves first and foremost, because as I love to say, and you guys listening have heard me say this before, that there's a human behind every business. And if we're not taking care of the human and being mindful of the growth and of that human, then we can't expect our businesses to thrive in the way we want them to. We can't expect our relationships to thrive in the way we want them to, our health, all of these other pieces that make up our life. Right. So I'm really curious to hear too. So going to that retreat was a big turning point for you. And what would you say was the biggest highlight or aha that you took away from that experience? I think the biggest part was like identifying my limited beliefs. Like, you know, you you did this whole uh, like, loop and you can probably remind me of exactly what it's called, but like, it was like a victim loop. And like, when you were saying the word victim and you were explaining it to us, and I don't know if you've explained it to your audience yet, but like, I was like, I'm not a victim. I'm not, I don't identify myself as the word victim. Like first I was like, 
I'm not a victim. Like, I don't even know. And then when you explained it, I was like, oh, I am a victim all day long with myself because I have all of these limiting beliefs that are holding me back. We were just at a mastermind this morning with local business owners, women in business. And I would say something and I would identify it. Look at Courtney because I'm like, I know that's a limiting belief, Courtney, (laughs) because it's so true. There's so many limiting beliefs in our lives that we have in our self-talk and that subconscious mind or that you don't identify until someone show, like shows it to you and says, like, here's the mirror. Like, look at what you're doing to yourself. You're holding yourself back with these beliefs you have that if someone asked you if you had those beliefs, you would say, no, you don't have them. It's like I just went to Tory Burch's Embrace Ambition Summit and they were talking about these biases you have in your own mind about gender stereotypes and things that if someone asked you, you would be like, oh no, men and women are equal. And then it's like, actually, no, you have these biases in your mind that actually make you see women and men differently. Everyone does, but like, there's probably worse than you think. And it's the same with the limiting beliefs. Like, you might think like, I don't have these limiting beliefs, but once you understand more of it, then you're like, oh, shoot. I need to get myself out of this victim loop and move on and make, take action and go where I need to go, you know? And I even challenge people to say, you know, when you say, oh, I don't have these limiting beliefs, that's a limiting belief, right? right? (laughs) Right. And we don't realize it. We come by them, honestly, we come by them from our upbringing, our past experiences, our life's memories, events that have happened to us. And they're often in our unconscious, well, they're always in our unconscious mind. We're not always aware of them. Yes. But really, and that's how I love to empower my students and clients. And that's why we're Working with women like you is so rewarding for me to see your journey and to see you in a conversation in the moment, be like catching yourself and have that awareness. It's really about recognizing that we always have a choice and learning how to strengthen our awareness muscle. Mm -hmm. Because when you can get good at that, that's when things can really start to open up for you. When you start to recognize, like you said, that self-talk and the self-doubt and those limiting beliefs and the stories we tell ourselves that we don't maybe realize it in the moment, but that are actually keeping us stuck. And I'm guilty of this too. We all are. It's part of the human experience. However, we can get really good at learning to identify them. Mm-hmm. And then when you have the tools to work through them and move past them, it helps you move through things a lot right. faster. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. And like an example, like if you're listening and you're like, okay, well, what do you all mean by a limiting belief? Like an example for me, like very real examples would be like, oh, I'm creative, so I'm not that organized. Or I'm more of like creative or artsy person. And so I don't like numbers. I don't do numbers well. Or Even this is going to sound like a total plug for me, for you, but like spending the money on myself to do your course, like, oh no, I can't spend that money on myself. Like I need to focus on what my son needs and what the business needs, like that money, you know, instead of just being like dealing with those identifying beliefs and realizing that's just what I'm telling myself. Like maybe like a lot of people maybe have like, maybe your family has a certain body type, you know, or health habits or diabetes or, you know, something. And then you're like, well, that's just how our genes are. That's just, you know, it's those limiting beliefs. And it's like, no, we can actually identify that. Okay. That was how our family is or is, but what can we do now? That's different than what they did to get us to different results, you know, and really get yourself out of that. And like, okay, maybe this is a limited belief still, but like, it is not in my normal nature to be like super organized. But I know it's a skill that I'm like learning and embracing and actually love once I understand the techniques behind how to really be organized and use systems, you know, 
it's empowering once you realize that you've been holding yourself back and that you have the tools to actually learn things and figure out how to grow your life and make an impact or build businesses or raise amazing kids. Like you have the tools inside yourself. It's just unlocking them. And, and like Marie Folio says, like turn that Talk her off. You know? <laughs> I don't know if your people are okay with the cursing, but you yes. know, you might have to believe yeah. me on that one. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it really is. It does boil down to that. And it is so empowering when you learn how to cultivate that awareness and then have the tools to back you up. So it's yeah. like, okay, now I'm aware of this thing. Now what do I do with this? Yeah. And to learn how to move through it, you know, and we're all going to have those ups and downs in life. And so it's about learning how to move through those quicker and quicker and more mm-hmm. quickly because then we never stay in the down part for very long. You yes. know, we know the high is coming and then we're on the high, we know to prepare that something else, you know, maybe ahead that we're going to learn from and that will be good for us, you know, to add to our experience. Mm -hmm. And so once you, well, first, I'm really curious to hear, you know, some of the, and you mentioned a few of them, but some of the big limiting beliefs that you had to let go of first Mm -hmm. before the results that you then experienced could happen. So I'm curious to hear what those were and then also what became possible for you when you let those go. Mm, Gosh, that's a good one. I think Definitely one of my biggest limiting beliefs was the organizational piece. Like I had just never been one to be organized and in a running a business and things like that, you have to be, and you have to have systems and you have to be set up. So I think that was a limiting belief, but then what I did with it was like, say, okay, if this is not my strong suit, like, I'm not just going to be like, oh, I am organized and I'm going to say it every day and I'm just going to be organized. There are things I can do to be more organized, but it doesn't, and I can learn about it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be natural or easy, or even that whatever I learn will get me where I want to go. So what I did was hired someone who was way better at it than me, who was actually, that's not even the business she did. She was a friend of mine. She was just super organized. And I'm like, Hey, I'm not that organized right now. I'm working on it. I really need some help. And she was like, I love organizing. Like, what can we do first? You know, like excited about it. And I was not. I'm like, who is this fairy godmother that's coming into my life to like fix it all up? And so, yeah, I had that limited belief. And then I said, you know what? I'm learning about it, but I'm still not. It wasn't my strong suit. So what can I do? The tools that I have are being resourceful. How can I find a resource to actually help me out with this? And so um, that was super helpful. So what I love about what you just said was this idea of asking for help. And that can be so hard as high achievers because, you know, especially as entrepreneurs too, we kind of go into it like this bootstrapping mindset. Like we just got to suck it up and do it ourselves. It's going to be a little bit of work in the beginning to get to a point where we can hire people. And there's beliefs that come up there for people too. Like, well, I can't afford to hire anyone right now, or Mm -hmm. I don't have time to train someone. It's quicker if I just do it myself. And all of these things that hold us back. In fact, I'll link in the show notes to a video that I just did on this exact topic where it's really, it costs you so much more to not ask for help than to simply figure out what resources you do have. And this is the thing I love to share with people. I'm like, you know, it's not about how much resources you have. It's about how resourceful you can be and how creative you can be. And that's what I love about what you said. Like, I just called up a friend of mine who I knew that was her strength. Organizing was her strength. Hey, it's not my strength. Can you help me with this? Yes. Yeah. And, and, like you never know how far that can take you. Like that same friend has helped me within my business organizing systems that were extremely overwhelming to me, or I couldn't even see, like, she would be like, why are you doing it this way? Like just a pointed question. Why are you doing it this way? And I'd be like, well, 
I don't know. Is there another way to do it? I have no idea. I just did it like that. And she would be like, well, what if we did it like this? And then somebody coming at it from a different angle. And that could be with organizing anything or anything within your life or business. It's just having somebody else say, well, have you thought of this way? And their way might not be necessarily better or good, or it's amazing. And that's what I've found is most of the time it's like, wow, I'm so glad you said that because I didn't think of it that way, you know? But as far as resource, being resourceful, you're so right. Like I've definitely had the limiting belief, like I'm a single mom. I don't have, you know, I I'm limited on, you know, time that I don't have with my son, you know, like having to get a babysitter or things like that. Like I've just limited myself that way. But then I started to realize like, even tonight, my in-laws are sick. My parents had plans and a friend called who I haven't seen in a long time and wanted to do dinner. And my first thought was like, oh, I don't have a sitter because my two go-tos are, you know, not going to be able to do it. And then I was like, wait a minute, my best friend has her son is my son's best friend. And I'm like, I could just call her and she'd love to have them over there, you know? And she did. She's like, I'm like, I feel weird asking you because normally I'm going to dinner with you and now I'm asking you so I can go to dinner without you. And she's like, oh, please ask me. I want to do this anytime, you know? And it's just having those other women in your life that can like help you do stuff like that. Have a babysitter or I've had friends go with me to trade shows like they're not getting paid to do it. They're just going to help me. And they are like, yeah, I'll go to Las Vegas with you to help you buy, you know, like that'd be great. And amazing. Like people who you would think, oh, if I have to hire an extra buyer to go with me and then I have to pay for everything, how much would that cost? Instead of just being like, hey, any of my friends who have a good eye, could you come with me if I pay for your room and flight or whatever? You know, um, it's just, I don't know. It's just being resourceful. It's huge. Yes. Figuring out ways to make it work, focusing on what you can do versus what you can't do. And it just yeah. opens up so many doors. So often we get stuck on what we don't have and what we can't do because of X, Y, or Z reason or excuse as to why we don't have the results we want yet. And you overcame that. You noticed those limiting beliefs. You worked to overcome them. You worked through them. You've been working on the mindset side to shift them. So tell us what's become possible for you since then. I think when we met, I hadn't launched the business yet. And one of the biggest things was like, I'll never launch. Like I'll never get to launch the business. I have so much to do and learn before I could ever launch the business. That was such a big one for me. I just felt like I'd never get to that point because you just got to know everything before you start a business. Well, no, you don't. (laughs) You can learn as you go too. So I launched my business shortly after hiring you and connecting with you. And my launch was success over five-figure launch. And the business has continued to grow. I've been in business since October of 2018. And, um, yeah, the business has just continued to grow and expand. And I've helped like amazing to see women wearing my jewelry. Like I like stock Instagram stories and I'm like, oh my God, look at what she's doing with my jewelry on, you know? <laughs> and I'll like screenshot people. Rachel Hollis wears one of my rings. And so I'm always like screenshotting her and being like tagging myself. <laughs> she'll like, she'll do her whole outfit and she'll tag all the brands she's wearing and she'll forget to tag mine. Every once in a while she'll tag mine. <laughs> And I'll, so I'll like screenshot it and retag myself in it and put it in my story. I think one of the biggest things, like I'm excited Rachel's wearing my jewelry or, or one of my pieces, Jamie Kern-Lima, who's the owner, or used to be the owner of It Cosmetics. She bought some of my jewelry, which I am, it's not so much that these people are like 
famous, quote unquote, is that these are women making an impact on women. And that's why I love them and that they are doing amazing work. And my jewelry is going along for the ride. Like that is amazing to me. Like it lights me up like nothing. And it, it doesn't have to be them. Like I'll see, um, I don't know, our, our friend Janine just went to like Alaska and she's helping retailers with their business and helping them grow their business. And she's wearing my jewelry in Alaska. You know, I just think it's cool. It just lights me up, you know? So yeah, the business is going well. I'm still having limited beliefs in different ways because I don't know when they'll ever stop or if they do, but I'm identifying them and I'm saying, hey, this is what I can do. And this is possible. I just got to quiet that voice and tell that voice like, okay, that is something that maybe you believed in the past, but we're not believing that anymore. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And I just see you light up sharing all of this. And it's got to be so cool to witness that ripple effect of something that you initiated and to see how it's touching women in the world. Yes. Wow. Well, and I always say this, like I create a piece to mean something for me, like the strength necklace. It really reminded me of like, I have the strength within to do anything because of what I've been through. And so when another woman tells me like, oh my gosh, I mean, I had this, another woman who lost her husband and she had already owned a strength pendant. And she was like, she actually told my sister, she's like, I was just holding on to that pendant. Like, I'm going to be okay. I am strong. I'm going to be okay. It's just hearing things like that, that remind me like, I know I'm just a jewelry maker, another limiting belief I have, but I really can make an impact with my story, my messaging and my jewelry. You know, it really it can make people feel better. And like the, I have the elephant sisterhood pendant that is all about sisterhood and embracing your tribe and to see women gifting that to other women who are maybe having a hard time or something. And they'll put a note with it and I'll hand, I'll handwrite a note with every order. I'll handwrite a note, whatever they want me to say to the person, like maybe they're going through something difficult and they just want that their sister, even though they're not blood related to know, like, I got you, like we're in this tribe together, you know, and that my jewelry gets to do that is like amazing. It's just amazing. I have chills. Like, yes. I'm wow. It's awesome. Incredible. And throughout just the time that I've known you and just our time working together and also just our friendship that Mm -hmm. has developed over the years. I mean, come to find out we're neighbors and it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like we're just old soulmates. I've just been catching up, you know, (laughs) through time. I know this about you to be true as a friend and also as a coach and working with you, you are so resilient. You're so strong. You have been through so much and yet you keep putting one foot in front of the other, always looking for the opportunity, always looking for how can I grow from this? Mm -hmm. What's the lesson here for me? And it never fails. You know, you'll share an experience that you've had, maybe a struggle or something that you might be facing, a challenge or an obstacle in business or whatever it might be. And even today at our mastermind, how you're talking about where's the opportunity? Where can we reset our mindset and stay focused and move through the things in our life? Not get past them, not let go of them, not like, you know, just hurry up and like try to get to a better, safer, more comfortable place. But how can we move through this? And what can we learn? And that is such a beautiful thing for me to witness. And I just say that, you know, woman to woman as a friend. And thank, thank you, you for inspiring us with that because it is huge. And I feel like we all need someone in our corner who can be an example of that to us. And I know that there's probably women listening right now who are going through a hard time, whatever that might look like for them. And I would just love it if you could share 
some advice or just a message that you might want to leave with them, you know, as to how to cultivate that awareness and that resilience? Mm -hmm. I think we all have the tools to be resilient. We all are resilient. And whatever has happened in your past or is happening right now shapes who you are and where you're going in the future. And you get to decide which direction you take with it. When my husband died, I, I literally could have just crawled in a ball and never showed my face again. Like he, he was everything. He's my best friend. We work together every single day. You know, I mean, your world can be crushed at, with whatever's happening to you. So many people just have different things that they go through. But one thing that I learned from him, actually from Ryan, was when we were going through it, we didn't talk a lot about him not being here, but we talked about, he would say like, okay, if I have to go through this, like we're going through it, I'm sick. He was sick for two years. He had peripheral T-cell lymphoma. We had to move to Texas. We had a lot of challenges to get him to try to survive, but he would say, okay, we're going through all of this. What are we learning? What are we learning? And we would literally, I would take notes on my phone when we were sitting in the hospital room, you know, constantly. What are we learning, not only for us, but for our son? And it's hard to teach someone else a lesson who didn't actually directly experience something. But we were more interested, like, for us, what are we going to do differently after he survives it? I mean, we weren't talking about when he passed. So him initiating those conversations about when he got better, what we would do, we would help other people going through the burden of cancer. We're only going to do things we want to do after this. Like we're not going to do things out of obligation anymore because this is our life and this is all we got. And so I've taken that to heart, you know, and, but the biggest part of the resilience is, okay, sometimes things are going to happen. And are they happening to you? Yes, but they can also be happening for you. And when you are looking at what you're facing, where are the opportunities? And the opportunity might be super small. It might be that opportunity to spend a little extra time with your child coloring, or it might be this huge opportunity to take a different look at your business that you've never looked at before because of the opportunity you're in and maybe because of... Um, you know, something that you learned from like something bad happened in your business or your life. And now you're going to do things completely different. But if that bad thing never happened, you would have never been able to see it differently and do things differently to get you to a whole new world that you didn't expect. You know, like I live completely differently than I lived when Ryan was here. Would I trade that for him? Absolutely. But it's a gift I was given by his life and, and ultimately his death was to live differently and to really go on a personal growth journey and to take a chance on starting a business. When so many people said, why are you doing this right now? You should take it easy. You should do an easy job. You know, resilience is huge, but it's a choice. Mm. It's a choice. And it's every day. And some days you might not feel resilient. You might not feel strong, but it's a choice every day to say, what can I do today? You know, that's going to help me use what happened in the past as a tool instead of as a crutch or something holding me back, you mm -hmm. know? And choosing to stay focused, looking at life through that lens of possibility rather than the problem. Yeah. So and good. opportunity. Yes. Opportunity is something so overlooked every single day, every every day. This is so easy to say, oh my goodness, you know, we might have this lockdown situation with the coronavirus, which is a real scary thing for people and for all of us. But there's also, okay, that is a real threat. But what are the opportunities right now? How can I make this good for me and my family in a way? 
what can I take from it that's good? If we're not thinking that way, we will not see that. If we're not looking for it, we will continue to get and look for the bad. We will continue to find it and find it and find it. But there's, we're alive and the opportunity is today and it's right now and it's in front of us, you know? Yeah. So beautiful. I think it is a perfect note to wrap this whole conversation up. And I have a final question that I ask every guest that comes on the show. <laughs> and I would love to hear your answer. What is your definition of success? For me, the definition of success is hugely personal, like individualized. Success to me is doing what makes me happy and fulfills me as a person. It's not fulfilling anyone else but me. Am I able to do the things in my life that allow me to do the things that make me happy? That's success. It's not a monetary amount. It's not um, what everybody else looks at me to perceive me being successful or not. It's Am I putting my life together every day in a way that I'm able to do things that make me happy every single day? And that's success. I love that. Yeah. Oh, where can our listeners connect with you? Because I know they're going to want to look you up. They're going to want to see your jewelry. They're going to want to like find out who is this amazing woman who I've just heard on this podcast. Aww. I want to get to know her. Where can they find you online? So I am always on Instagram and on Facebook at Crystalline Oakwin Jewelry, which is hard to spell. So she will put the show notes over yes. right. <laughs> or you can definitely go to my website, which is womenbyjewelry.com. I love it. Kristen, thank you so, so much for all that you shared with us today. Thank you for being on. Growing a business is hard work, but here at The Effortless Life, we believe it doesn't have to be. We're a company on a mission to help enhance the quality of life for busy entrepreneurs everywhere. One of our superpowers is helping entrepreneurs like you who feel overworked get the systems and support in place in your business that you can finally start scaling your company and bring your vision to life. So if you're tired of working yourself to the max and winding up in the same place as you did last year with nothing ever really changing, then wouldn't you agree it's time to learn how to build a business you run, not one that runs you? You don't have to work as hard as you think you do in order to get the results you want. It all boils down to how clear your business plan is how clear your strategy is to achieve it, and how clear you are on your role as the visionary leader of your company. If you aren't clear on these things, I want to help. When you head to CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO, you can find out the dates and times for my next live virtual workshop, where I'm going to walk you through the structure and the systems you need to have in your business so you can get out from under all that busy work and be free to do the things that you are good at. Now, these are by invite only. So if getting out of stuck mode and gaining real traction is something you want to do this year, then make sure you're on the list at CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 